Welcome to this ADHD life, the podcast for people with ADHD, those who love us, and even those who sometimes struggle to love us. This is episode six, started on August the 9th, 2016. And I'll tell you that uh, that date stamp's probably going to go away at some point. I was recently talking to a friend of mine uh, who mentioned that maybe rather than trying to do these shows in a linear order, meaning recording one every couple weeks and then editing it and then pushing it out, what if instead I decided to record few of them in a row and then do a bunch of batch editing and then cycle the release schedule every couple of weeks instead would that take pressure off of me and it's something that i hadn't thought of doing before and luckily i had put myself into a situation where i was talking with my friend and seeking her help that is the topic for today is seeking help so last time we talked about defining normal and i hope that you got some some nice nuggets out of that so to speak uh, that it resonated with you and, and really more so that you're starting to define your normal and you've talked to the people that are near and dear to you in your life to help them redefine a normal that that makes your life a little bit easier when i think about normal i think of doing everything myself with the absence of any help that sounds really crazy, doesn't it? But a lot of ADHDers, that's exactly what we think. And if I'm honest with myself, that's, that's how I think. I don't love the idea of seeking help, and that's a mild way to put it. But we're all sort of connected in this life experience on this planet that we call Earth. And so why is it that we think as ADHDers we're somehow exempt from the ability to seek help or even the need to seek help? I'm not sure if it's a weakness perception, if it's the super smart brain thinking, oh, no, I should be able to do all of this myself, like I should be perfectly doing everything. Oh, perfect word. There's, there's going to be a drinking game that comes out of this show someday. I'm not sure, but for whatever reason, throughout my experience myself and with fellow ADHDers and, and ADHDers that are complete strangers uh, that I talk to as part of, outre- uh, uh, part of an outreach program, there seems to be this idea that we can't seek help. And I'm not talking necessarily about therapy or coaching, uh, although those are two excellent resources, and I'll talk a little bit more about coaching later this show. I am talking about building a good support system that will help you whenever needed. And so when we were talking about defining normal, and I know this has been a theme previously, I talked about maybe getting a housekeeper or someone to clean your house. Talked about maybe getting a, uh, a laundromat to do your laundry, to do laundry by the pound. And of course, you know uh, that you have a support system in your doctor. If, if you're medicated and you want to continue to get medications, you need to go seek that doctor's help to write the prescription. Now, I'm sure that's not the way that, that you put it in your mind, right? Because you're paying that person to write a prescription. That's their job. But what if their job is actually to help you, right? They're prescribing this medication that is intended to help your ADHD symptoms. Ooh, they're part of a support structure all of a sudden. Where'd your mind go to when I just said that your doctor is actually part of a support team that's there to help you? If you're anything like me, you kind of raised a flag and went, oh, wait, wait, wait. That's probably true, but I don't, I don't like that. He's not there to help me. He's here to do his job. What do you mean he's there to help me? Oh my goodness, isn't it, isn't it obvious how difficult it can be to ask for help? And I would even posit to you that you're listening to this podcast as a way that you are helping yourself. You might think that it's a form of entertainment, a form of learning, 
any kind of thing, just a way of not being bored if you're in the car listening to this right now. But you're also looking at the idea of giving yourself some help, some self-help. You're looking at me as a resource that could possibly help you by saying something. Isn't that kind of strange? So we're already good at seeking help, maybe not calling it help, but we're good at seeking help from other people. Sometimes money has to be involved. Sometimes some entertainment has to be involved. But where else can we pursue help? Where can we gather the, in, the people and the information that we need to, so, to form a good support system or a good help system? Just a few ideas on this. So obviously your family is going to be hopefully a huge resource. And I get that all families don't get along 100% of the time. But certainly there's someone in your family that you can look to as a source of help. Maybe it's just a partner if you don't get along so well with your parents or if they've passed at this point. Maybe it's your parents if you're too young to have a partner. They can be a huge source of help if you just ask. And when you ask, they'll want to help. The problem is that oftentimes we don't go and seek the advice and then do the work that's required to actually get the help we need. And by that, I mean sort of defining the normal or explaining to them what our normal is that we need in order to be helped. And so again, I'm, you know, to beat a dead horse, so to speak, I don't fold the laundry in my house. My, my partner is helping me by requiring that I never fold laundry in this house. Now, at the same time, I do all of the driving in our house. So that's a way that I am helping. If you look into sort of a work family, I'm sure you've heard that term before. A lot of people don't think of work families, but friends and business partners at work, we all have friends at work. Maybe they're sounding boards. We can ask for their help if we're just really frustrated at some point or something just like angers us all of a sudden. It's like, hey, can we go just take a five minute walk around the building just so I can decompress? Seeking help in that way can be huge. And if I'm honest with myself, I did that my entire working life and didn't realize it. For those that are religious, spiritual leaders can certainly be a huge help. Pastors and ministers and just the church family can be helpful. If you're not necessarily into that, that's fine too. But likewise, there are volunteer organizations that are built on supporting its members. So if you you don't particularly identify with a religion, that's fine. I'm not here to promote or, or demote religion in any way, but you can get that sort of support through a volunteer organization. Sometimes when we sort of go to a place and we expect the help, we're more open to it. So if you're looking at an excellent organization like the uh, uh, Attention Deficit Disorder Association, oftentimes you go there looking for help and you're kind of more receptive to it. Whereas the idea of saying that, you know, John, your, your cube mate is, is a support system might seem a little odd to you. I touched on therapists, coaches, but you know, you have a myriad of doctors from the primary care to you might have specialists for uh, hormonal conditions or uh, arthritis. I mean, who knows, but you're going to have different doctors that are there to support you. Oftentimes you have a therapist and a psychiatrist. The psychiatrist does the medicine. The psychotherapist helps you with your past. Those people are both there to help you. And it's people that you have gone and sought that help. So that, that's great. But do you acknowledge that's what, that's what you've done, that you've sought the help? And of course, we, we talked a little bit about the paid help. And I mentioned a uh, housekeeper or house cleaner uh, going to the laundromat. But you have you know help during tax season. Some people get accountants. Some people get accountants all year long. I actually have a friend that does that. Doesn't speak to me, but at some point, maybe it will. 
If you need uh, legal advice, for example, you're probably going to go to a lawyer. Hopefully, you're not just sitting there trying to play a lawyer when you actually need to go and seek that advice, seek that help. Equally, you have fitness professionals, gym instructors, uh, yoga instructors, spin class instructors. Some people go to weight loss programs like Weight Watchers, so you have a Weight Watchers leader, and all of the support systems that come for that. And when you're paying for the help, isn't it kind of kind of interesting to think that, okay, I'm paying for this, but I'm not going to go seek that person's help because I'm supposed to be doing this all myself. What? Why Why would that make sense? It doesn't make sense to me, yet I say it 90% of the time. It's kind of nuts when I think about it. If you're in school, you have a whole host of help options. So I'm going to focus more on college students. Uh, there are definitely disability services, counseling centers often inside of the colleges to help you with the struggles that you face with ADHD. Uh, even in elementary school and high school, there are often, uh, well, there's definitely going to be a counseling center, whether or not they have people that can help you uh, get the, secure the rights that you have as an ADHD or to help. Uh, unfortunately, that's, that's questionable. Different school systems around the country do it differently. Certainly, if you're paying for school, oftentimes uh, there will be an office just there for you, and that's part of, of what you, you get, what you pay for. If it's a public school, a lot of good public schools have the same sort of things available. And unfortunately, this is the whole, you know, you hear, hear friends and family, and you may have said it yourself, oh, I just want to move into a good school district. Sometimes that's where this can pay off. And going and seeking that help that is available to you, or if you're a parent of an ADHD or to your ADHD child, is huge. So if, if it's available, definitely go and seek that out. And of course, you can also look into hiring a tutor if there's a particular uh, subject in which you struggle. So some people struggle in math. Mm, math tutor, great. Some people struggle in, struggle in English, great. English tutor. Why not look at that as an opportunity if you can afford it? And frankly, many times you can get a study group where you might be good in math and the other person is good in English and, and you kind of complement each other by tutoring each other and becoming study buddies. That is a form of help. That is something that's out there if you go start searching for it. There's a whole host of other programs out there. Um, I've heard of things like, uh, I don't know, people that can assist you with social skills. Um, there's marketing professionals if you're a small business owner and trying to market yourself. There's all sorts of services out there. The, the, the big app economy and virtual assistant economy is out there. I mean, you can even get your groceries delivered in certain areas in this country, and that's a huge thing. My mom hates grocery shopping with a passion. She hates it. I don't particularly mind it. I don't love doing it. I don't think I would pay for it. But if that service were available and I hated it, you can guarantee that I would wind up looking at that service. It's all about going back to last episode's topic, defining your normal. Why are you forcing yourself to suffer without help? If the help is out there, why not seek it? And of course, there's all sorts of technology out there. Um, it's, it's, it is crazy to me, the number of applications that are out there trying to help each and every one of us live a better life, whether we have ADHD or not. Unfortunately, a lot of them are targeted at sort of neurotypicals and when in the hands of an ADHD or we can get very frustrated by either trying to create 
overcomplicated systems within the app that the app designer never, never thought would happen, uh, or really pushing for a particular feature or two that may only speak to you and not to someone else. So you have to be really careful with technology. But this is where I would say, give yourself the grace period of just trying something for a couple weeks and even just a couple days or a couple hours. Like I've definitely installed probably a couple hundred apps that within five minutes ago, oh, nope, this is not going to work for me. But there's all kinds of technology like that. I mentioned way back when that you can set reminders on an iPhone or on your Android phone. Uh, even the the concept, if you remember, I mentioned the keyboard, that is a form of help that I give myself. Yes, that inanimate object just through its existence is helping me not put my keys inside of the refrigerator every time that I come home with a load of groceries. It's really just amazing. In fact, today I came home with a load of groceries. This is how it normally happens. I opened the door, put my house keys in there. I left my wallet and regular keys in my pocket, went and put away the groceries after I took off my shoes, went back to put away the, the other keys and wallet as I was putting the reusable bags back in front of the door so that they go back in the car. It's just a habit that I have now. But that bowl is a support system. It is a help to me. It is something that I have put into place. And the great thing is it was a one-time cost. It doesn't charge me every single time like an executive assist assistant might or having some sort of a business consultant would. Another idea that I like is the idea of sort of an ADHD support buddy or a, a kind of a virtual buddy. Uh, sometimes it can be very difficult uh, and we need a body double to focus in on stuff we need to do. And I've used a service like this before, not really a service. It's basically you set up an impromptu video conference. Uh, I am going to be doing some of those in the future uh, where I will host it. And I I'll tell you, it's a boring thing because we get on it. Talk about what it is we have to accomplish, set an agreed upon timer. Everyone goes on mute. We start working on our stuff. When the timer comes up, we come back and see where we are and then decide if we want to go for another sprint, so to speak. So that can be a huge thing, but don't wait for me to do it. Look into your friend group or into your, your Facebook friend group or uh, buddies that you have because they may be struggling with some of the same things and you know they they might be go oh wow a virtual uh, a buddy that can help me with my work that's a really great idea if you're interested though just keep checking back at thisadhdlife.com and i'm sure i will have a page up uh, that discusses that now as i've mentioned i am in training to be an adhd coach and indeed i'm actually an adhd coach now we are now into the module where we start talking about building our businesses and, you know, getting all the structure in place to make sure that we go forward in an optimal way. And as I mentioned last episode, I'm starting to take clients. Uh, and, and many people don't understand what an ADHD coach is. And I certainly didn't before. Well, this time last year, I didn't know. I thought a coach was someone that would, you know, talk to me for a while and then tell me what sim systems to implement. Uh, so, for example, I'm having a problem. Uh, I don't know, getting out of the house on time and, you know, help me get out of the house on time. Well, that's not what coaching is. That's really more consulting. And as a coach, when a client really has no clue about what to do, we can certainly jump in and, and make some suggestions, see how they resonate with our clients. But coaching is really about giving you a space to explore your thoughts verbally. A lot of ADHDers are what we call verbal processors, which means we have to speak in order to know what we're actually speaking about. So coming into this podcast today, 
I actually had a session with a coach uh, from my class about how the time management system, or really the task management system I'm using, isn't working so well for me. And what we came down to is that I have put in a hack to try to overcome one of its shortcomings. And, And admittedly, it's a perceived shortcoming on my part. But just having that information, I can now branch out and there may be something else I bring to another coaching session, or there may be some, some actions that I take. And indeed I I wrote down a few actions that I need to take some research I need to do to see if I can kind of decomplexify my task management system. But it was a real block for me because I would, you know, get really good at going and organizing all my little captured thoughts. And then I would ignore them for five days while more captured thoughts piled up and not actually get stuff done that I had wanted to do. Oh, sure. I'd get the important stuff done, right? And you and I will always get the important stuff done because, hey, adrenaline, that's awesome. That, that's a lot of dopamine right there when we get pushed up against a deadline. But the stuff I was really wanting to do that was not urgent had started to slip through the cracks. And more importantly, I felt like I was spending more time organizing than doing. And and by the way, here's another thing that we can tend to do as ADHDers is we can tend to plan everything perfectly and then think we've done the job. So, you know, you know, we've built a deck just by writing a page of notes on what we need to purchase, you know, what time frame we're going to start all of this and that. And we can feel like the project's done, even though when we open the sliding glass door and, and hop out, we fall to the ground. That That's not so good. But so I had in this, I had in this uh, thought process that I was somehow just not doing this stuff. And it came out today that my organizing is too complex. The software that I'm using does not make it easy for me to organize my thoughts and organize my tasks. So by the time that I've sat down and organized everything, I felt like I had done almost a day's work out of that coaching system. I, or session, sorry, I came up with the ideas of it's too complex and here's what I can do to try to make it less complex. And that's what's co- what, what coaching is about. I've coached many different people. It's a fun process. The format usually is you, you come to coaching with a topic that you want to discuss, whether it's, I don't know, my mom's making me empty the trash every week, even though it's half full or I struggle to leave on time, or my task management's too complex, or you know I want to do my taxes earlier this year. Whatever it is, you, you come with a topic, and the two of us start to kind of suss it out. And don't be surprised if that tax situation becomes like five other coaching sessions. Because a lot of times we start to sort of, and I hate this analogy, but it's very, very appropriate, we start to peel back the layers of the onion and we realize that there's so many layers to this and they all sort of need to be dealt with. But for that session, we try to deal with the most urgent one or the one that speaks most to the client. Some days we don't even get to like action steps. So today I'm really happy because I, I've identified what's holding me back productivity wise and I have identified a few steps that I can make or take, sorry, to to help minimize that complexity. But sometimes you just get to, okay, it's complexity. And next session, we'll talk about action steps. And that can be a good thing because a lot of our brains will go to just thinking about these things that we uncover. And I know there have been coaching sessions where I have uncovered something with the coach and I go, oh, okay, well, let me just park this in my parking lot for a couple of weeks. And within a couple of weeks, my mind will have solved it for itself. And it hasn't. Then I might go to to the coach and say, okay, well, here are the, the few things that I think I still need to process out. It's a very powerful thing. 
coaching is uh, certainly a complement to therapy. Therapy, I would say, is more about the past and, well, definitely about the past. Coaching is more the present and the future with a focus on the future of becoming the person that you most want to be, of defining your, your new normal, of, of helping you to seek the help. As I've mentioned, I'm starting to take clients, and you can go to this ADHDlife.com. Uh, there's an ADHD coaching link. Uh, that will take you just right to the page where you can, can book an introductory appointment if you want, and I'll be adding some additional content there as well. Tons of articles in my mind that are trapped in my task management system, but we'll, we'll get those out relatively soon. Now, this episode isn't about you coming to me to be a, a coaching client, nor is it about you going to any coach to be a coaching client. I'm not trying to push one agenda or another, although maybe that's not true. I am trying to push seek help for yourself in whatever form it means. If you need to pay someone to help you uh, do your laundry, do that. If you need to really have a serious discussion with your family about the things that you can do for chores around the house and the things you can't, do that. Seek their help. People inherently would like to help you. Unfortunately, people do not inherently want to ask for help. And by the way, this isn't an ADHD only thing. I would say that it's just intensified by people with ADHD. So while any pepper uh, may have some level of spice to it, you know, consider us sort of the ghost pepper of asking for of not asking for help. Like we're intensely not asking for help. Speaking of help, I would like your help and I would like to help you. I would love to know what you would want me to cover on future episodes. So one of the things I do is come up with a topic every couple of weeks that just speaks to me. Sometimes the topics come from people I've spoken to but I want to know what you need help with. Do me a favor, go to the website, go into the contact link and just send me a quick form response about something you'd like to discuss on the show. And I'm even considering doing a live call-in show in a couple of weeks. Um, still trying to work out the logistics of that, but please do go out and, and put in that question. And, you know, maybe the way the live call-in show works is we can Skype together and you can ask it in person. Uh, but I would love to hear from you every week. I mention go subscribe on iTunes, go review on iTunes. It's the way that you can help me help others discover the podcast. If you're getting some value out of it, please go and, and give a positive review there because it will help other ADHDers and their loved ones find the podcast. This ADHDlife.com is the place where you will find links to the Facebook page, leave comments, leave me an email, book a coaching uh, introductory call if you want to, and more and more resources will be added to that through time. And of course, you can also um, apply to be a guest on the show if you're a professional, or if you'd like to uh, help me out with my interview show, you can, uh, you can go there and apply to be a guest. I uh, hope to start recording those in the beginning of September. I know that I had said that it should be out by now. I had to give myself some more space. My class time doubled in, in July, and I I realized it last week, uh, so I've had to make some accommodations, but I'm starting to look to interview people in the beginning of September, thisadhdlife.com. You may notice the number of times that I said help me in that episode, and, and it's not, or this episode, it's not a many mistake. I need your help, and just like you need help from people around you, I need your help as a listener to help me improve the podcast and uh, contribute and, and make it an interactive thing. As I say every week, and you know, I was so proud because I talked to a listener of this show uh, last week and he sort of parroted this back to me. But as I say every week, you have got to take care of yourself. Yes, this episode's about seeking help, 
doing that helps you take care of yourself. Taking care of yourself means seeking help sometimes. But if you can't take care of yourself, how are you going to go and take care of anybody else? Have a great couple weeks, and I look forward to speaking with you next time. <laughs>